Radio MMT respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting, the Wurundjeri people, and we are broadcasting to the Kulin Nations. Our focus is economics, that is, how stuff is produced and distributed. We recognise that for many tens of thousands of years, First Nations people's connection to country successfully embodied the world's oldest continuous economy, which was catastrophically disrupted by genocide and displacement. We acknowledge that we have much to learn to reshape our current extractive and exploitive system to achieve sustainable prosperity for everyone. Radio MMT. Economics for the rest of us with Anne and Kev. Radio MMT. Looking at the world through the lens of modern monetary theory. Radio MMT. Macroeconomics for a well-being economy. Macroeconomics? Like, isn't that incredibly boring? No, Kevin, it's incredibly interesting. It's all about who gets what and why. Who gets what and why? Okay, I'm in. Radio MMT at gmail.com. Incredibly interesting macroeconomics for the rest of us. Welcome to Radio MMT. Anne, how are you doing? Hello, Kevin, and hello to our lovely listener, whether you are Larry or Larissa or, or in, both or neither. Or an in-betweener. Um, <laughs> Tonight, well, tonight, this hour is going to be a very special hour because today is that unique, that rare hour in the year where we might actually be able to kind of talk to you, Larry and Larissa. Oh, yeah. If you feel like getting on the phone. <laughs> Are we actually uh, able to do talkback or is it just um, uh, texting? We can get messages. So you can phone tonight. We have extra people hanging out around the studio with us tonight. Rachel. <laughs> We've got lots of company, lots of people standing by telephones. And the number to call is 0394198377. And you can pass on a message to us and we'd just love to hear from you in the next hour. And of course, uh, the reason we have people standing by the phones is because today is our Radiothon show with Radio MMT. We're going early, so the, the Radiothon doesn't officially start in 3CR till next week, but, but we don't have a show next week, so, <laughs> so we're, we're going early. Well, it's all month, so all through the month of June, you can phone that number and donate, but Kevin, we've got a target a target. <laughs> We've got a target. Oh, man. So the the whole irony of this is even though Kevin and I talk a lot about money on Radio MMT, we're actually not earning a whole lot of it. <laughs> we talk about it. <laughs> we, we talk, talk about, about it. it. Kind of kind of with with uh, some sort of uh, it, it's something that we see off in the distance. It's not in our pockets. That's, that's for right. Sure. Yeah. That's right. But for this next hour, we have to make. Six hundred and fifty dollars. Right. Okay. And now, what's what's a subscription to the station worth, or thereabouts? Is it about? It's about forty, starting at forty. Starting at forty, and but you can do eighty. There's there's various amounts that you well, can those subscribe. Those are the subscriptions. But today we're asking for donations. Donations. Okay. On top of the subscriptions. Well, we'll take anything. We'll and, take anything. Call it what we can call it whatever you like. Well, <laughs> I I was calculating that six hundred and fifty. That is about ten dollars a minute. So I'm a bit scared. <laughs> $10 a minute, yeah, yeah. Now, look, the important thing to remember is that money has no intrinsic value. As we keep on saying in the show, mm -hmm. money has no intrinsic value. It's only worth something when you exchange it for something of value. And there's a lot of things you can waste your money on in this world, but uh -huh. but what? Uh, but you wouldn't be wasting it if you spend it at 3CR. That's It'll right. help keep this, this station uh, afloat. So uh, you can call. Even while we're talking, you can call because there are other people who will be answering the phones, our friendly volunteers who are very socially aware, very politically aware. You can have a nice chat with them about the state of the world and you could pass a message on to us and hopefully you can even pass a few bucks our way. So the number to call is 0394198377 and hopefully you'll have a credit card with you and you can uh, give us some money right away. If you don't think you can hand us some money right now, you can also just promise. So you can actually still be part of our Radiothon Hour, Larry, Larissa, <laughs> and you can just promise to throw a few bucks our way. See, and the other good thing about um, 3CR is it's a fairly small community. So if you donate 
to 3CR, you're actually more important than you might be if you're in a large organisation. <laughs> <laughs> the percentage you, you give, you are a substantial contributor to the to the radio station. That makes you a very important person in our eyes. In our eyes, you would be very important. And I, and I don't want to scare people off. Like, I know, Kevin, that times are tough at the moment because we do have an RBA governor. So the governor of the Reserve Bank of Australia, Philip Lowe, is madly increasing interest rates at the moment, which means he's effectively making it pretty tough for a lot of our listeners out there. Yeah, but we're, so those people, uh, uh, we're, not, uh, we're not asking you to give anything you can't, but we do also re- uh, realise that there's a lot of people out there that don't have loans uh, mm. and uh, aren't affected by this stuff at all, so they should make up for the other people that can. They should give doubly the, the amount. <laughs> That's right. So you could throw some of that unearned income our way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I want to talk about this this interest rate we'll stuff. We'll come back to the it, interest rate stuff It's a hot topic for me. Too. It's just burning in my brain Absolutely. And also coming up in the hour, we will, of course... You know, what would Radio MMT be without our usual letter from the Cape from Professor Bill Mitchell, who is an MMT economist. So we will be be hearing from Bill in a moment. But I just wanted to say too, like, um, I think everyone can be a part of this Radiothon, no matter how flushed you're feeling, because the other thing that we need very much is to have some help on the social media. So if you are online and you can get to Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, um, just search for Radio MMT or one word and just give us a like. And um, you don't even have to like us to give us a like. (laughs) Yeah. We don't mind a bit of fraudulent, uh, fraudulent adulation. That's that's fine by us. Well, it's all about the it's all about the algorithms. So, and if you do that, call us on nine four one nine eight three seven seven. Let us know that you've just liked us on Facebook because that would really cheer us up too. Now, three CR has been around for quite some time, forty plus years. But uh, I feel that it's going through something of a transformation because of the digital technology. Like three uh, CR has been on the AM band for. For decades, uh, and that's somewhat restrictive um, because uh, AM's not uh, a great. Still has the transmitter out there at Werribee. It's it's fantastic, and, and we and we love it. But three um, uh, CR is now uh, also available digitally, which means anybody in the world can can be listening to us right, um, r- right now, or could as, donate online as well uh, as a podcast. So it's just so you could be a pioneer in the new age of three three CR, which is now the, the digital age, mm-hmm. um, and get on board. Like in a few years' time, 3CR is such a great station that probably everybody will, will say that they're a 3CR subscriber. But you could say you got in early. <laughs> that you're one of the, uh, what do you call it, one of the foundational digital members of, of the 3CR community. And that would be pretty good. Well, before we hear from Bill, I just want to give us the good news, Kevin. I can't believe this. We mm. are off to a flying start yeah. here. So we have already $80 from Glenn in Mooney Ponds. Glenn. And Glenn says... I support the new radio MMT program in particular. You beauty. Thanks, good, Glenn. Good on you, Glenn. Oh, yeah, and if you do, if you do uh, donate, um, uh, please mention uh, our, our program. You can donate to the station if you like, but uh, if you mention our program, it's, it, they're feathers in our cap. That, that management likes shows that you know, help out a bit. So We'll get to our 650 that way. Yeah. Anyway, look, should we um, uh, stop talking about us and, and, and things money. like this and, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, hear from the, uh, the guru, Letter from the Cape? Absolutely. Okay. It's time for a Letter from the Cape with economist Bill, Bill Mitchell. Mitchell. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Letter from the Cape. When I was just a young boy, we would march across to the local milk bar with a penny or two in our pockets and then worry about whether we would buy four licorice blocks or a sherbet bomb with our cash. It was always a big decision, but if we wanted our mothers not to know that we had been eating sweets before dinner, then it was the sherbet bombs that got the nod, because the licorice blocks, glorious though they were, had the unwanted effect of blackening our teeth and lips. The point, though, is that as young as that, we were learning about the household budget. We were learning that our spending desires and plans were conditioned by financial constraints and that no matter how large our eyes were when we stared into the sweet cabinet in the shop, there was a choice to be made because we only had a penny or two. As we get older and have jobs and credit cards and all the rest of it, We refine that understanding into a concept of solvency, 
how to stay above water. Most of us learn to keep our spending within financial constraints that we face. Some don't and suffer the consequences. We know that in order to spend we need to get income from some source or run down our savings or sell some item on eBay or, in the case of really big items like the purchase of a house, we need to find a bank or credit union that will loan us the money. Our budgets occupy our minds every day. There is then a tendency to think that we can extrapolate from the daily experience with our own finances to achieve an understanding of the finances of the national government. And politicians and commentators exploit that tendency relentlessly and threaten mayhem if the government maxes out its credit card or spends like a drunken sailor or other metaphors that imply excess of the sort that we mostly avoid because it would bust our budgets. But because we think the government is just a big household, our own budget experience means we are manipulated into accepting a fictional world where government surpluses are deemed to be responsible and deficits dangerous that require repair. Repair implies that something is broken. So when politicians and commentators respond to the announcement that the government is in deficit, we are trained to assess that situation as a failure of some sort or another which needs repair. By accepting the exhortations about the dangers of government spending and running deficits, we then accept policy approaches that significantly limit the government's ability to meet the challenges that only it can meet on our behalf. And after this relentless campaign demonising government deficits, we start to realise that our basic public infrastructure is breaking down, that our hospitals are in crisis, that thousands of Australians are living in tents in one of the wealthiest nations on the planet because there is a major housing shortage. And as we sit in our cars stuck in heavy traffic because there is no adequate public transport in our area, we wonder what the hell is going on. We also see reports from various global agencies predicting an environmental disaster, an existential threat, yet our governments claim they are short of money to deal with it. But when we might lapse into thinking that our budgets somehow inform our understanding of the capacities of government, remember the MCG scoreboard. It can never run out of points because it issues them by pressing computer buttons that show up on the screen. We have learned in previous episodes that the national government also can never run out of Australian dollars because it is the sole issuer. The government's fiscal position, which is usually referred to as the budget, is not like a broken down car that needs some repairs. It is what it is, and the way we should appraise it is in terms of what it is functionally achieving in terms of advancing human and environmental welfare rather than the numbers that come up on the scoreboard. Those numbers are largely irrelevant in their own right, even though the mainstream debate is constantly only focused on them, the size of the deficit or the trillion dollars of debt. The budget is absolutely heaving uh, with Liberal debt. A uh, trillion dollars in debt. The trillion dollars of debt. It's all debt and it's got to be paid back. Given the level of debt and deficit. Unprecedented debt and deficits. Given we're talking about debt. Given there's a trillion dollar debt. How you each believe these services should be paid for. When's the reckless spending going to stop? The famous economist, Abba Lerner, developed the idea of functional finance, which emphasises that the purpose of government spending and taxation is to achieve goals that advance our well-being. The only questions we should ask is whether that purpose is being achieved. For example, if there is rising unemployment, then we would assume the government is failing to fulfil its primary responsibilities. To reduce unemployment, usually will require the fiscal deficit to increase.
that should be applauded because cutting unemployment is a dramatic improvement in national well-being directly for those who now have work and their families that can enjoy the higher income but also indirectly because the rest of us should feel a solidaristic empathy with the disadvantaged and if we don't sense that empathy then we will still be better off because crime rates fall when unemployment is low so our houses don't get broken into as much. And all of that tells us that using the term budget in relation to government spending and taxation policies is bound to lead us back into thinking that our finances and the way we have to manage our household budget tells us something meaningful about the capacities of the government as the currency issuer. The reality is that our own experience tells us nothing useful about the government fiscal opportunities and thinking that it does means we undermine our own prosperity by limiting the scope and size of the public sector. Sometimes a large deficit will be required to achieve the functional purpose, other times a smaller deficit. In some cases a surplus might be okay. Context matters and we are usually oblivious to that because we think the government fiscal capacity mirrors our own financial experience. I will talk more about that next time. Take care and see you later. listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet www.3cr.org.au So Bill talking about um, stuff and and <laughs> that was built reminding us that our own experience of money so you know we all um, you know back in childhood we we come across money I think even before we really remember we've all had a personal experience of money and that's Bill telling us that our personal experience of money is not going to tell us how the monetary system functions. In fact, if we extrapolate from what we understand about money, like we have to earn it before we can spend it, or we, if we don't do that, we might go into debt, which is really scary. If we think that's how the whole monetary system operates, we're going to have a very misguided view of the monetary system. Yeah, this this um, a misconception that uh, taxpayers fund government spending, which uh, I think we heard Peter Costello on a, on the last show we do mm-hmm. talking about that. Uh, it it, it means it means that uh, federal tre- treasurer, <laughs> yeah, treasurers, and, and and it's no different with the current treasurer. They have they uh, they give this message that they need taxpayers' money to fund everything, mm-hmm. and which means they have a fundamental misunderstanding of, of where they are in the, in the currency-issuing uh, right. uh, structure. They are the currency issuers. Taxpayers do not make money. Yes, they've forgotten there's a currency issuer and that they're not currency users. But, you know, now I've got this image of uh, Professor Bill Mitchell as a six-year-old boy with, like, licorice smudges yeah, <laughs> all over yeah. his face. Yeah. And so if, you, if you're remembering back to your experience of money as a kid and you only know about money as a, as a currency user, you will have no idea that there is also a currency issuer. And in, if, you've, if you're thinking in that way, what you're thinking is you're still trapped within what the economists call the household budget myth. In other words, you think the federal government is just like your household and you think that the federal government's budget is just like your budget. And so the way that you can tell if you're trapped in that myth is that you think that the government needs to earn money before it spends or it needs to save money before it spends. And the federal government does not spend money that way. The federal government creates money when it spends. That's what it, that's what it says if you if you have a look at uh, a, a note, um, you know, a $10 note, a $20 note. It says issued by the RBA. If you get a tax return, it comes from the RBA. If you get a Medicare uh, refund, it comes from the RBA. The RBA creates currency. And it, But it's, it's this sort of discussion. There's a, there's a, top, uh, a, a bit of a discussion about aged care and how we're going to pay for aged care because all the baby boomers are getting old mm-hmm. and, they're, and, and uh, they're saying oh we're going to have to introduce a levy and, and uh, how are we going to pay for it well you pay for it like 
the government has paid for everything <laughs> else. If you have uh, the resources to look after aged care, then you pay the nurses. And who pays them? The government. And how do they do that? They create money uh, from yeah. the RBA and they transfer it to the nurses' bank accounts to say, here you go, you got paid mm-hmm. for looking after aged care. That's simple. If you need to build new aged care facilities, you do the same thing. The, the federal government... Uh, finds the the people to build the facilities and then transfer or creates the money and transfers it to their account. It's a, this is nothing new. This is what we did during World War Two. It's what we did during the GFC. It's what we did during the pandemic. It's what every government uh, uh, spend is done this way and always has been done this way. Exactly. Well, we have to remember, Kevin, that you and I are currency users. 3CR is a currency user. 3CR needs some money from other currency users. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do that in up in the next hour with on Radio MMT. You can phone us on 0394198377. That's 94198377 and you can talk to our very friendly volunteers who will Happily take your details and you can pay now with a credit card or you can just make a promise. If you feel like you can't pay straight away, just let them know how much you think you could afford. And if you don't want to call, you can um, you can pledge your support um, via a text and you can uh, SMS your pledge of support to 0488 809 855. I'll say that again. It's 0488 809 855. Send us a text and say that um, you're well-intended and and we'll follow you up and make sure that you keep your intentions well. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the reason for doing this, Kevin, um, I have to admit something here because Mm. I was under a very mistaken impression, even though I have been hanging around 3CR for more than a couple of years now. And I had this really mistaken idea. I used to think, well, you know, if if we don't make our $650 in the next hour or if the whole month, the 3CR, all the shows through the whole month don't make the $270,000, I used to think, oh, well, the government will just step in and, and foot the bill on the difference. <laughs> and what I discovered was that is not what happens So, yes, 3CR does get some federal funding and some uh, funding from government, but that is for program content. And so there's a whole lot of other things that are involved in uh, creating radio shows. So none of the operating costs are covered by any of the money coming out of government. And that's where our lovely listener, Larry and Larissa, come into it. And so it is very much listener supported. That is that is not a cliche. That is the actual way it works. Yeah, and it's amazing that um, uh, 3CR has survived so long uh, uh, on the shoestring budget that it, it operates on. Mm. Um, it, it does. Uh, it, it makes me think. I was thinking today, and I thought, what's the point of of this show? I mean, 3CR is is, is known as as um, radical radio. Are we radical? Well, I, I don't want to be radical. I, I, <laughs> I want. Uh, and I was thinking about what's the point of doing a show like this, and what's the point of a lot of these shows and oh. and to me it goes along the line that like this is probably pretty inconsequential it, it seems that we're the only uh, people that uh, are talking about uh, the economy in this manner on, on the media that I've heard right how many other is there any other radio show or any other so- social media out there in Australia on, in the mainstream media that would talk about the economy the way they do. I mean, how many times on the nightly news have you ever heard someone say, well, the Australian federal government could tomorrow, if it wanted, create full employment. It could eliminate involuntary unemployment tomorrow if it, it wanted. Could, it, they could explain the um, the job seeker policy by saying that the, the government uh, was well equipped to double job seeker during the pandemic and mm-hmm. to uh, and to take homeless people and, and put them in accommodation overnight. How it, long did it take them to do that? And, and, and nobody's bothered to explain why on on, uh, on any media. Now, um, I'm a bit of a triple R listener and, mm-hmm. and I sometimes call on uh, for Big Z on a Friday morning, <laughs> as I did this morning, and I, and I was trying to explain like in two minutes or less the whole conundrum with the interest rates and how it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. And I sort of thought, ah, oh, that didn't go very well. It's I, really I, hard <laughs> to do it in two minutes or and, less. And Big Z hates talking about economics. He, mm-hmm. it, it, he just glazes over. He really doesn't like it. So And he, he told me to hurry up. And, and But afterwards, I was left thinking to myself, well, what, what, what's, what's the point of this? And the point of this is this, is that if we don't talk about it, this flame goes out. 
this mm. this little uh, this little capsule of of, um, uh, of expertise goes out. Now, mm. all we're doing is analysing the the uh, the economy and how it actually works. We we look at how currency is created. We look at how what impact tax, taxation has. We 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 view it from a, a different lens. Uh, it's often described across the world as the the best lens to view uh, mm-hmm. uh, sovereign currencies, etc. Um, but we're the only people doing it. Now, they don't want to hear about it too much on Triple R, and, and I would love to speak to people on Triple R about this. If they mm-hmm. uh, want to have me on their show, and I particularly <laughs> like the, the Tuesday morning show, Uncommon Sense, um, uh, they still, on a lot of those programs, they're still subscribing to the to the orthodox, which, yeah. which we know makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, that's the saddest thing when people with progressive ideals who really do want to see everyone fed, clothed and housed and reaching their potential is that they are peddling the economic ideas that actually stop that from happening. And so, yeah, Kevin, like, you know, the way I see it too is that this show, Radio MMT, and we are a new show. We've been going for about a couple of months now. And I see us as part of this uh, tapestry. We're a thread in this worldwide tapestry where around the world more and more people are starting to come to this kind of economics. And so it's so important to, to keep each little thread going. And 3CR is so important. It's unique you know, in, pro- in broadcasting this in a, into a public space. So and and not and not just this show. I mean, a lot of the other shows that are on here, you're hearing you're hearing radical um, uh, perspectives from from all sorts of different parts of the mm-hmm. of society. That if that little ember goes out, yeah, that's it. It's we gone. We are fanning embers it, here. It's gone. So so we understand that this is a a, a, a small station with a small listenership, etc. But mm. but these ideas are kept. Uh, kept alight. There, there is still hope that these ideas can take <laughs> off so long as this station survives. Exactly. And so long as broadcasters like us and, and, and all the other shows on, th- on 3CR, so long as they, they are able to keep on voicing their opinions, then uh, members of the community stay active. And it look, it, it may go out. It may, it may be that this little... Uh, well, as you say, you know, it's a digital world now. So we are podcasting out there. And, uh, of course, that's the other way in which you could help us if you're feeling a bit um, strapped for cash. You can always go to the podcast and like and review the podcast because that is another way of getting the, world, uh, the word out there. So this isn't about... Kevin and my egos. This is about getting the word out about the economics that is going to create a well-being economy and is going to create a post-carbon economy. And so just your a small way for fanning that little ember is to phone right now. You can do it right now. 0394198377. Speak with our lovely volunteer phone answering people and you know I think this is going to be the radiothon of lots of small donations because I know people are strapped for cash so we can spread the load here and my favorite donation we've got one that's come in here I think this might be my favorite of the night it is five dollars from Teresa in Coburg every little bit thank you helps. Teresa very much appreciated and uh, that's the way to do it that's how um, Obama came into power I do I do recall back in the day uh, the, you know lots the, of little amounts Lots of yeah. little amounts, um, and uh, that's what will keep us yeah, going. Don't be shy about five dollars, ten dollars. Yeah, you yeah. know, it'll all help. But only if you can afford it. Like, and we do understand that there are people under pressure there. I mean, if if, if you just want to um, send in a, a text to say that you're listening to the show that you can't afford, um, uh, that you know that you're listening, uh, that'll do. <laughs> Any sort of support. This will is do. your chance to prove, Larry and Larissa, that you're not a figment of my imagination. Because I think it was a few years ago, Kevin, that you uh, sort of inspired me with the idea that we do have Larry and Larissa listening, and ever since then I've been kind of attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we've had, didn't we have a, a Larissa um, uh, a, a pledge? To, uh, yes, we would love to hear from a Larissa, a Larissa and have her pledge but, five but, or ten dollars. But, but, but no, but no Larrys, no Larrys. So no, if there's any Larrys, Larry's out there, Larry's been a bit quiet. Larry, step up, mate. But he, yeah, uh, if you just want to send a text to say that uh, you're listening to the show, uh, if you'd like to. Um, um, pledge uh, uh, some support, either as just goodwill support or actually uh, in terms of money, you can SMS us on 0488 809 855. That's 0488 809 855. 
Do you reckon we should give people a chance to do that while we uh, give them a bit of a music break and people can get to their phones, pull out their credit cards, phone that number 9419 8377. No worries. Um, uh, I heard a a track by Tando, who's um, a local artist, um, and she's getting pretty slick. So let's give Tando a run. About the way I feel about you Even though there are times We feel we're better off without it You're made for me And I for you I just want to spend time with you Just want to spend time with you Oh And I want to grow on with you I want to grow on with you My baby I wanna spend time with you, just wanna spend time with you, oh, and I wanna grow on with you, I wanna grow old with you. No measure of time will ever be enough for me to show you all that I have and give it my whole heart up to you. We've been through so many trials, I'm with you till the day I die. I'm always gonna see you through This is my vow to you uh. I just wanna spend time with you Just wanna spend time with you My baby And I wanna grow on with you I wanna grow on with you My baby Not asking for much Not asking for much Not asking for much Oh, I just wanna spend time with you And I wanna grow on with you On with you I grow with you, I walk beside you every The Facts About Economics with Anne and Kev. Bringing you fair and balanced reporting. They are bastards, uttering complete bastards, Anne. (laughs) That's right. We're we're really digging into this bastardry. It's a smokescreen for corporations to increase their profit margin. All these big lies. Corporate profit and greed. They're considering it in their evil plans. He's the archetype megalomaniac neoliberal. The government pretending to be there for the The people. The neoliberal ethos of squeezing workers. This power struggle is continuously playing out under our very noses. So it's simplistic and it's inaccurate. What kind of an economic recovery strategy is that? Do you reckon it's more effective to say it's spurious to say the least or it's bullshit? (laughs) Radio MMT. The second and fourth Friday of each month. Between 5.30 and 6.30pm. Here on 3CR Community Radio. So let's get stuck into it, Ant. <laughs> Some actual economics? Well, yeah. No, okay, so inflation. Now, if, um, if, as I said earlier, sometimes I call into Bigsy and I made a meal of trying to dis- um, explain in two minutes or less the uh, inflation versus interest rate rise debacle okay. at the moment. And so I think we need to go through this a bit. Okay, and if we want Kevin to be <laughs> to be quiet, phone in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> donate some money <laughs> to see if we can shut Kevin up. What was the number? It'll be 03 9419 But Kevin. Okay, uh, so let, let's let's just work through this because this has been yeah. getting up my goat so much. Okay. Uh, okay, we have inflation. Okay, nobody knows we have inflation. We have inflation. And inflation has been caused by energy prices, oil. Uh, it's been caused by the war in Ukraine. Uh, it's been caused by COVID, uh, uh, climate change, trees burning down means that timber prices go up. 
uh, transports, uh, all all sorts of stuff. We, all of that is what we call supply side, isn't it? It's, it's the supply of goods. Yeah, there's there's um, the... there's demand is outstripping supply, mm-hmm. and and when you have demand outstripping supply, people will bid the price up. Uh, people will go, well, I've got I've got money, I'll pay more for it, give it to me, and that is inflationary, right? So now, what the orthodox neoclassical economists like Philip Lowe and others in our holding the the, uh, the strings here go, ah, yeah. okay, we have inflation, and the text book says to, to us that there's too much money in the economy and that's what's causing inflation. They didn't, this is after they say that they, they, they recognise the supply side problems. I've heard Philip Logo, we have inflation because of higher energy prices, so what I need to do is I need to drain money out of the economy to try and stop this inflation. Now, I get it that you can't have inflation unless there's money in the economy to push prices up. Mm. So, so uh, But I would have thought that if you're going to um, address those issues, you would uh, possibly have rationing or you might have government control over energy prices, which they let go because they privatised everything. You could stop that price gouging if you so felt. Yeah, I mean, and if the, if the unions put up their wages, they go, oh, the unions are taking advantage of the situation. But if the energy companies put up their prices and price gouge, they go, oh, that's just the, the market, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. No, it's not. If you want to stop those prices from going up, you regulate the energy companies. You say, stop being greedy bastards and buddy... Charge a fair price. Their prices don't go up because because of these disruptions. They they're just price gouging, mm-hmm. right? So so that's what's causing inflation. So then Philip Lowe in his infinite wisdom says, well, we need to drain some money out of the economy. There's too much discretionary spending, and we need to drain money out of the economy to to curb inflation. This is this is what uh, what we've been taught in neoclassical uh, economics. Uh, so okay. Let's just say that um, possibly this there might be some validity to that uh, argument, and I would say I used it with before. I'd say it's very spurious, but let's mm-hmm. just say you need to pull back money out of the economy. Surely you would target the people who have got money, right? <laughs> so what do they do? They say we're going to raise interest rates. Now they raise interest rates, and that affects people with loans. Now people mm. with loans are people like first home buyers or they're people like, I'm going to use the example of a small coffee shop that's just set up, okay? Mm. So you've got somebody who's a first home buyer, they've paid enormously high prices for their property because interest rates were so low for so long and they were supposed to be low, so everybody bitted the price up. Uh, then you have these inflation spikes. So you've got your trading in the outer suburbs who's driving to work in his car, his fuel um, price has gone up, but, he, but he's paying a loan anyway. So he's paying back a loan. So it's not like he's got a lot of discretionary spending in the first place because he's got a loan. Mm. Now compare that to somebody living in a city who's paid off their loan, somebody who's older, who's a professional, who's paid off their house, no loan, Okay. So you've got uh, a trade. Where's tra- the coffee shop in all this? Uh, the coffee shop's going to come in. Um, okay. uh, he's kind of like, the, like the, tradie sh- the, the tradie thing. So if you raise interest rates, it only affects the person who's got a loan. That's the, the first home buyer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect the inner city. Uh, affects the small business, the, the, home, the home buyer. Yeah. So, so Philip Lowe says, right here, we're going to raise interest rates and that's going to bring the price of things down. So let's go for a cup of coffee. You're a small coffee shop owner. You've opened up a coffee shop. You owe money because you've started this business and you've got to meet repayments, etc. And Philip Lowe puts the the price of interest up. So that so the tradie now has trouble um, affording to buy so many cups of coffee. Okay. Uh-huh. So now now he's buying less cups of coffee because he needs to save money mm-hmm. because and probably a lot more than that as well. Uh, he would have been doing this already because petrol prices would have gone up. Right. But on top of that, Philip Lowe's put the interest uh, the interest rates up. Now, none of this affects the, the, the inner city person, right? Oh, they might have to pay a bit more for their coffee, mm-hmm. but that's okay. But they can afford it because they're earning more on their investments, which are paying them more interest. Yeah. So the coffee shop uh, owner goes, radio, interest rates have gone up. Well, the, the price of coffee is, is determined by the coffee, by the transport to get the coffee there, by milk. Milk's gone up like it's gone, it used to be a dollar a litre, and now it's about double that. Um, so, so milk's doubled in price. So all of the inputs for making a cup of coffee are still high. Um, but the tradie is is having less cups of coffee, so he's doing his business is struggling, so he can drop the price of his coffee, but it's going to start getting down to the cost of a cup of coffee, which means there's no margin on that, mm. which means he has to shut his business. Mm-hmm. How does that help bring down the cup of a price of a cup of coffee? How does that help bring down the price of fuel or energy? <laughs> It, do, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it just, what you're doing here, and this is what they're talking about, a recession coming in, is is all that's happening is that these interest rates are hurting the people who can least afford it, mm. the people who are paying off loans, 
And rather than bringing down the price of a cup of coffee, they're just closing businesses. They're just making uh, making a recession. It, 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 they're, they're putting a hold. I don't know. Is that is that anti-inflationary or is that just dumb? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're just repeating the mistakes of the past because we have been locked into these false economic models and these false economic ideas since about the 1970s when they were first trying to grapple with inflation. But they've got no excuse now because we know how to have both a low inflationary economy and a full employment economy. And that's one of the things that uh, that modern monetary theory talks about. And this ki- these kind of ideas should be all over the place. They should be throughout the mainstream media because we need an electorate that understands what's, what's going on with the economy so that they'll vote the people in who will actually make these poli- policy decisions that will serve the well-being of the whole economy and not just make some people richer and some people poorer. Well, this, this policy of interest rates, it, it clearly is um, uh, hurting people who are doing it hard and favouring people who are doing it well. And, I, and my prediction is that uh, people who don't have loans, they might have an investment property which they have a loan on, but they just pass that on to the tenant. Uh, there's a, there's a, a good potential that even if uh, house prices keep rising because there's a, a lack of supply, that uh, people in the inner city uh, situation that I'm talking about are going to start buying the properties of those who can't afford their mortgages mm-hmm. and renting them back to it, seeing mm-hmm. a further a further polarisation of wealth in this That's country. Right. That's one of the big um, dangers about this misguided thinking is and, this polarising of wealth. And, and the question you've got to ask yourself is what would happen if they didn't raise interest rates? Well, what's going to happen is inflation is still going to come down because, <laughs> uh, as I say, I was paying about $1.20, $1.40 uh-huh. a litre for mm-hmm. diesel about... Uh, a couple of years ago, it went up to two fifty, right? Mm-hmm. Two fifty a litre, and and that's every truck on the road, that's every train, uh, all the transport costs go right up, and that flows through to everything. That's what caused inflation. Uh-huh. Now, now it's coming down. Now I'm paying. I can get uh, uh, diesel for less than a dollar eighty a litre. So inflation is coming down because the supply side problems are resolving themselves. I predict. That Phil Lowe's going to take credit for. Yeah, he'll say he'll say oh, it was those twelve interest uh, thrashing all those uh, poor bastards who didn't need it in the first place. And this is what oh, they do. They, they get you coming and going. Well, people have been very busy while you've been speaking. There, oh yeah, Kevin. cool. What, what yeah, have we got? Yeah, I'm so excited. So we have a lovely listener, Peter. Peter's been listening from Glen Waverley, and he has donated fifty one dollars sixty three. To 3CR. You beauty. I don't know what... The, 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 <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. That must be GST or there something. There must have been some... Uh, that's good. But if you want to put a $1.63 on the end of a round number, we, we're not into round numbers. <laughs> Whatever you like. Absolutely. Any kind of uh, any kind of number will do us. I'll just take the $1.63. But, you know, yeah, 51 63 even better. <laughs> and also Jill from Abbotsford donated $20. Thank you, Jill. You beauty. Yep, thank you. And also we have a lovely Lucy listener from Northcote, who has donated $30. So we're getting to the... We've gone past the halfway mark in the hour. We're not quite at the halfway mark of the money that we need to bring in. But don't forget, if you uh, still get to the end of the hour and you haven't donated and you do want to, you can always pop online at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate or you can phone that number during office hours through the month of June, 94198377. Um, but we hope to hear from you. $5, $10, just throw a little bit our way because every bit helps and this will keep a unique radio program on air at 3CR. Yeah, we're, we're a bit vulnerable because we are the nuclides on the, on the block of the station <laughs> here and people are looking at us and going, are they going to cut it? Are we going to make it? You know, this could be a fizzer. We could... Um, we could, uh, uh, you know, fall over at any moment. So we, we need we need to what do we, we need to prove our worth here. We need to prove our credentials. That's get right. some, I'm a bit scared. Six hundred and fifty dollars in an hour. Six hundred fifty an hour. I wouldn't mind earning that. Some people do. So you go and a lawyer. Bloody hell! I'll charge six hundred fifty bucks an hour. I know that for sure. Yeah. So we are talking about money today, and we have a. I've got a little treat for you, Kevin. Yeah. Because I did hear about some people talking about money and I thought I would just uh, put together a little piece of audio for you. Radio, is that the, uh, is this the, uh, the, the clip that you have previously organised with me? Mm-hmm. Then let's go to this, um, uh, I'm not even sure what it is, Amp. Let's, let's find have out. Have a listen. Misconceptions about money fly around all over the place. 
And I came across an interesting one. It was an American Netflix series, of all things, released in July 2017, titled Ozark. Now, this series is about a married couple who moved their family to the lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, just south of Kansas City, to become money launderers. It's a pretty bleak show about horrible people doing horrible things to each other. (laughs) Money, particularly money in its very awkward paper form, is the central prop and almost a character of this amorality play. What grabbed my attention is the opening narration for episode one of Ozark, which very explicitly asks us to consider, what is money? But what is money? It's everything if you don't have it, right? Half of all American adults have more credit card debt than savings. 25% have no savings at all. And only 15% of the population is on track to fund even one year of retirement. Suggesting what? The middle class is evaporating or the American dream is dead? You wouldn't be sitting there listening to me if the latter were true. You see, I think most people just have a fundamentally flawed view of money. Is it simply an agreed upon unit of exchange for goods and services? 370 for a gallon of milk? 30 bucks to cut your grass? Or is it an intangible? Security or happiness? Peace of mind? Let me propose a third option. Money as a measuring device. You see, the hard reality is how much money we accumulate in life is not a function of who's president or the economy or bubbles bursting or bad breaks or bosses. It's about the American work ethic, the one that made us the greatest country on earth. It's about bucking the media's opinion as to what constitutes a good parent, deciding to miss the ball game, the play, the concert, because you've resolved to work and invest in your family's future and taking responsibility for the consequences of those actions. Patience, frugality, sacrifice. When you boil it down, what do those three things have in common? Those are choices. Money is not peace of mind. Money is not happiness. Money is, at its essence, that measure of a man's choices. Now, for someone who understands modern monetary theory, listening to this soliloquy was more gripping than the show itself. The narrator veered towards and away from an MMT understanding of money and finally screeched off down an individualistic byway about choices. So we end up with four seasons of horrible people struggling with the horrible consequences of their horrible choices and we'll no doubt end up no more enlightened about the nature of money than we began. I do, however, agree with the narrator that... Most people just have a fundamentally flawed view of money. Although money functions as a means of exchange, there is something more fundamental about money. Is it simply an agreed-upon unit of exchange for goods and services? Or is it an intangible... I started to get excited that the narrator used the word intangible in relation to money. I mean, that's really good because then we get away from the idea of money as a physical object like gold. Security or happiness, peace of mind. But unfortunately, now the narrator is talking about money buying intangibles like happiness and he misses the point that money itself is fundamentally intangible. MMT economists say money is intangible because money is an accounting concept that has been codified in law. Money is a legal and accounting construct. The cash and the coins are merely the token that represents these constructs. Cash is similar to how a movie ticket represents your right to access the movie theatre for the duration of one show. A movie ticket is someone saying, I owe you one viewing of a movie. Let me propose a third option. Money as a measuring device. 
Yes, the narrator has gotten back on track. (laughs) Actually, the economist would say money is a unit of measurement or a unit of account. Money is kind of like an inch or a centimetre, and cash is kind of like a measuring device, like a ruler. And we would never confuse the concept of a centimetre with the actual ruler. (laughs) If you lost your ruler, you wouldn't say, oh no, I've lost all my (laughs) centimetres. We're now down 30 centimetres in the world because I've lost my ruler. It's about the American work ethic. The one that made us the greatest country on earth. Well, that's too bad. Now the narrator's veered completely away from the insight about the unit of account and wandered off into the classic American preoccupation with the souring of the American dream. Oh my gosh, now we're in for multiple seasons of the Puritan work ethic taken to dark extremes. And of course, we're a million miles from any understanding that the unequal distribution of economic wealth might have structural conditions and might not be about the choices made by individuals. So in the end, Ozark leaves the mystique around money intact. And all we know is that the shrinking middle class is reduced to scrambling after the stuff in various undignified and morally compromising ways, as the lower classes have long suffered. Half of all American adults have more credit card debt than savings. 25% have no savings at all. And only 15% of the population is on track to fund even one year of retirement. Now, if there was a widespread understanding of MMT, I can't help wondering if this kind of entertainment would lose its grip on the popular imagination. Perhaps the population would see that no one need live in poverty and they would be more focused on demanding equitable distribution. The high level of credit card debt and the low level of savings are a direct result of the federal government not spending enough into the economy. When the government is not spending enough, it drives down private sector savings and forces people to go into debt to the banks. That bit about the lack of saving for retirement, that plays into the neoliberal fear-mongering around the cost of social security. The US government can never run out of dollars to pay a secure retirement for everyone. They could run out of resources to spend that money on, which is precisely why we need to make our workforce as productive as possible. Barring your rednecks and your hillbillies and your ex-felons and anyone else that might make an appearance in this show from entry into the labour force, that's about the worst thing you can do to the economy as well as to those individuals. So does the series have any insights into the capitalist economy? Well, unintentionally, maybe. If you get hooked into this series, you might watch it as a way of uh, depicting the way class warfare intensifies when an economy is under pressure. Well, that's my two cents worth. (laughs) Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au forward donate. CR, stay tuned, stay radical. So you can pay your tax or you can pay us. I know who I'd rather pay. Yeah, pay us. Get rid, get rid of your tax obligations and send them to us instead. That, that would work well. 
94198377 is how you could pay with a credit card. Hey, I like that um, uh, that that Ozark thing. It got me thinking a bit. The, the, the main thing it got me thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about aged care and the rest of it, is that if the government is spending into the economy it's, and it's looking after its citizens, then this whole fear of not having enough money uh, lessens. Evaporates, doesn't yeah, it? You, you go, right, yeah, well, and, and uh, yeah, the whole superannuation thing, it's, it's a privatisation of... Uh, the government's responsibility to look after its aged population. It works for some, it doesn't work for a lot of other people. And if you're uh, a casual working female in particular, uh, chances are you haven't got a whole bunch of superannuation. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so governments are using things like superannuation to say, well, you should have looked after yourself, so there's not, not much we can do about it. When they can. Okay. Superannuation is a very neoliberal construct. It sounded like a good idea to start with, but what it's turned into is a tax haven for the wealthy. Yeah. And I was thinking if those statistics are true, I didn't double check them, but it wouldn't surprise me to hear that half of all Americans have more credit card debt than savings. Um, that is how the economy works when the government is not spending enough and that is how you end up getting a script for a, a show that will last ten, what is it, four seasons of describing how people are scrambling to get money illegally. Yeah, I think one of the concepts, just a brief concept, and we've got to go soon because we've got uh, Vicky coming up next for her we're show. We're just barely making that 600. I don't think we're going to quite get there, but I do, I'm so excited, Kevin, I have to tell you that Larry and Larissa did show up today Excellent. and they are going to offer us $100 to keep 3CR going. How about Now, I've got an idea. How about somebody out there must know a lawyer, right? Now, lawyers <laughs> get paid about 650 bucks an hour. How about somebody out there, if you know a lawyer, can you get them to donate <laughs> one, hour's, one hour of their work to <laughs> this, and, and just wipe this hour? Just one hour of, of our, t- our time on air is worth one hour's of a lawyer's time. So out there, if you're a lawyer out there, be nice to us. Do something good in the world. Yeah. Subscribe to 3CR. That would be lovely. Not subscribe, donate. Or both. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe and donate. So these are the donations that cover the operating costs of the radio station. They keep the lights on. They keep the heaters going. There is a huge stack of amazing technology in here that does need to keep be kept at a certain temperature. Yeah. It's old too. I love it. And all those things, we want to take care of this grand old girl, the three CR. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I was thinking about that lawyer again. You know, mm. now lawyers. I know, I know some lawyers. <laughs> my dad was a lawyer, um, but um, uh, and I know that a lot of lawyers, like politicians, uh-huh. start with good intent. They, they think, do. oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make the world a better place through law. And there's, there's no coincidence. Economists often start out that way too. Yeah, well, yeah, but anybody, any economist worth their salt would quit the course because the course that's being taught these <laughs> days is rubbish, unless they're being taught uh, uh, progressive uh, economics through... Modern uh, Money Lab modern with Lab Stephen Lab Hale. Or that's MMT one... Ed uh, um, with, through Bill Mitchell. Uh, yep. now, th- that's good economics. Anyway, so you're a lawyer mm-hmm. and you, you've gone into law with good intent mm. and then you've realised that you've been sucked into the machine and you're now charging <laughs> outrageous fees doing some commercial law for some corporation that's despicable and you have to live with yourself and, and chances are you're probably drinking heavily fine scotch as a lot of lawyers do because you, you can't quite come to terms with I'm yourself i'm feeling really sorry for this dude Kevin. So, but anyway i've got a way for this lawyer to make himself feel a whole lot better for himself is just give us some of your money pal right now do you, do you reckon there are many rich lawyers listening to 3cr mm. hey, probably not but i reckon it could do a lot to neutralize your bad karma if you're a lawyer or and you've been representing uh, gas companies and you know, some of that karma could be neutralised by donating to 3cr.org.au. What's the number again? Just one last time, maybe yeah. second last yeah. time. If possibly. you're a lawyer, get your secretary to phone 94198377, 94198377. We will answer the phones right now and you can get out your credit card and give some of that uh, unearned income, some of that investment money, send it our way. Yeah, yeah, and feel better about yourself at the same time, yeah. But you don't have to be a lawyer to feel better about yourself. If, if you can afford to uh, send some bucks our way, this is a very nice thing to do with your money. You will feel better about it. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. And it's so nice for better. us to hear from you. And don't forget, just even through the week, if you want to send us a message with a little donation, we'd love to hear from you. No and we're so excited that we might be even be ending the show hearing from Tina, who's offered $50. That is amazing, Tina. Thank, Thank you, you Tina. so much. Brilliant. Excellent. Well done. Well, um, I suppose we should 
you know, get out of the way because uh, Mafalda, uh, Vicky with Mafalda is coming up next. Um, we won't be on the airways next week during Radiothon, so we might harass you a bit more in two weeks' time. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. And, and any time you want to, online, whatever, just send us your bucks. Very much appreciated. But, send us a message on Facebook as well. But we've got to go, so we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Radio MMT with Anne and Kev. We'd love your feedback. Email us on radiommt at gmail.com or search Radio MMT on social media. Listen to this show anytime, wherever you get your podcasts or on 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio MMT. Support this show and the station by subscribing to 3cr.org.au and mention Radio MMT. We thank all our guests. And we thank economist Professor Bill Mitchell and his MMTed.org.